Hello and welcome to Who's He, the Doctor Who podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we'll be continuing with our retrospective of Series 5 with a look back at the Vampires of Venice. Um, but first, shall we just crack on with the news? Yes. What, what there is of what it. What there is of it, What yeah. there is of it, yeah. It's not a, not a great news week this week, but we've, we've, we've dug deep for you. Um, for you lucky people. Uh, right. We've got a potato and a turnip. Yes. <laughs> An amusing shape as well, though. <laughs> Ended up on That's Life. <laughs> and finally. And finally, yes. <laughs> right, OK. So this week saw the release of the Gunpowder Plot, uh, the latest free-to-play adventure game uh, released by the BBC. Uh, now, you haven't actually played it yourself, have you, uh, have you Bob? No. No, no. Well, you haven't played any of the others either, have you? So. No. So I'll be giving a frank review during this period. Of <laughs> yes. Well, I I, uh, I downloaded it and I've sort of got a little bit of the way through it. Um, all I can say is they haven't really improved on what's gone before. Um, but it's it's free. What the hell? It's free. Um, but it has, it's, it, I must admit, it has come for a little bit of criticism where people are complaining about the controls. Um, which I think once you get used to them are okay. Um, I think a lot of people just prefer the using, you know, just the mouse before, which I can't remember just using. I thought the keyboard was used for movement before, but it's been a long time since I last played them. Uh, it's going to be a very one-sided conversation, this, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, you know, chip in if you like. Yeah, you can do. You can do. It's uh, well, look, I say it's. Um, it's it's okay. It's okay, as I say. It's um, it's free to play, free to download. What's to knock about that, really? Yeah, and it, and, I, it, yeah. and it is aimed at kids as well, not not for a, a hardened gamer like myself. So, um, but that, there's only one weird thing because uh, obviously Rory has now been introduced as a character. Yeah. Um, in, into this one. Um, now it's just a bit weird with he, he's. Where they've modelled his features and everything, okay, you can tell, yeah, it's Rory, but his eyes, it looks like they're giving him two glass eyes. <laughs> it's really peculiar. Whereas the, the... Actually, that's, a, that's a good effect, actually, isn't it? And on a computer game, it's actually to get the effect of a glass eye. I know. It's like his eyes are completely... They just look, I don't know, it's just really weird to describe. They're like really dull, dull glass eyes. You know, there's, uh, <laughs> like they need a good polish or something. It's just really... Really, it's got. It's, I don't know. It's this. I know that it's very difficult to try and get a uh, a lifelike face on a on a not particularly high res computer game, but um, yeah, it just just didn't seem compared to the, the, the like the Amy uh, the Amy character and the, and the Doctor character. Mm. It just looks a bit a bit dead eyed, if you know what I mean. But uh, there we go, there we go. But it's good. It's got some Tarans and Rutans in it and. And and Phil Daniels as the town crier. Ah. Yes. Um, I will have to. I mean, I've got some time off coming up, so I might end up. Yeah, I say it's okay. It's it's <laughs> it's worth um, spending a bit of time on what you know, whilst away, a couple of hours or so. It's nothing, yes. nothing, nothing too taxing. Um, now, obviously, while we're talking about games and stuff, um, after our last podcast. It was announced that uh, Forbidden Planet have yet again teamed up with character options for another exclusive Doctor Who toy. Um, and this time it is tied in with the Caves of Androzani. And it's a Perry and Shara's Jack set. Um, 
now clicking on the uh, the nice picture that we got here um, you've got Perry in a what I must admit is a, quite a, <laughs> a cleavage revealing outfit they've, they've matched it exactly um, so you, so all you people at home can uh, reenact re re the Doctor's gener regeneration at the end with your Peter Davison characters staring up at uh, Perry's cleavage and um, so it's actually the first case where you actually get the live person in to show, show you yes. how you touch the doll <laughs> <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, no! <laughs> well, the the um, the Sharers Jack one, obviously, he's in his um, in his familiar gimp suit. Um, now, apparently, that the photograph here, it's only got um, one of the other heads. Uh, apparently, it comes with three heads. You've got one with mask on, one with mask off, and the other one is an android head, um, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever because Sharers Jack didn't have an android head. Right. Yeah, so um yeah, it just looks a bit a bit strange that one. Uh but as usual, um it will be released just in time for Christmas on the ninth of December. Um and it will retail at twenty six pounds and ninety nine of your pence. Yes, yes. Very nice. yeah, very nice for two four inch figures, however big they are. But uh mm, slightly overpriced, I think. Isn't isn't everything talking oh. of, talking talking of Christmas? Of course, there's the we was talking about is that there's, there's the Christmas Dalek and Tardis Christmas tree decorations. Yes, now now Paul stum yeah you've Paul stumbled across this one. I don't, I'm not quite sure how. Um. <laughs> oh, you know me, just getting in the Christmas mood. Early. <laughs> well, what it what it is, everybody? You've got um, have you ever wanted Christmas tree baubles in the shape of a Tardis? And the Dalek? Well, now all your dreams have come true. Um, again, a um, quite extortionate price of £13.99 of your pence each. Yeah. Um, you've got a nice um, red and silver Dalek. And, and that's it. it. No other colours. No other colours. Just a red as far as we can see. Yeah, that's it. Uh, red and silver. Um, and it is the new style Daleks as well which will probably annoy a lot of people. Um, and the other one, of course, is the TARDIS. Um, and as it says here, um, it is styled in the traditions of mouth-blown glass. So if, if that doesn't hook you in, nothing will. Hmm. Yes. I said, I'm, if, if I ever do Christmas decorations, which haven't yet managed to do, this may well be the thing that gets me started. It could be. <laughs> Yeah, it's not. Um, hmm. I, don't, I don't know. It might might sit off your Christmas tree rather nicely. Who knows? I, I, I think it's 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 that individual touch, isn't it? But, I think it is actually. Yes, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Um. So the final piece of news. Um, I don't, I don't know if you can say this is news or not. About, uh, but Karen Gillan gave an interview to the Daily Mirror during the week. Um, where she revealed, not say revealed, but um, she thinks that at the end of the day, Amy Pond should be killed off. Um, now, they go at great pains to say that it doesn't mean to say she's going to get killed off in the Christmas special, in the next series, whatever. Um, but it's in her own words, I think she's saying, once Amy's gone, she's gone, and there shouldn't be any coming back. Um, and to sort of, and to quote her directly, 
I don't want Amy to pop up again every so often because for me it would take away from the big emotional goodbye. Um, hmm. hmm. Yeah, not too sure about that. No. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how our agent felt about that comment. <laughs> well, she, I, th- I know she has sort of. Um, she's been doing. She wouldn't she be doing some other um, TV play? She's playing Jean Shrimpton, isn't she? Yeah. Um, so obviously she's, she's she's been been on the stage as well. Yes, indeed. So you know there is there is life after Who. Um, it's not like it was, you know, in the old days of Who, was it? I mean, now it's um, it's like a, it's a, like a gateway to bigger and hopefully bigger and better things. Yeah, but I'm never sure why actors want the character killed off. Really, I think if it was me. I probably wouldn't. Just you just think well, it could be the pension. <laughs> Well, yeah, that you sort of get that feeling with a lot of EastEnders actors as well, don't you? Because none of them truly ever burn their bridges, do they? Because no. they, they always end up backing it at some point when they need a bit of cash. Yeah, he just thinks, he's like, why, why, why cut off a source of income? Yeah. Oh, may well. or may not be needed. Oh, well. Um, now, she also appeared um, on the Grand Norton uh, Radio 2 show, which I think was probably last weekend. It wasn't, no, it wasn't this weekend. Um and obviously got round to, to you know to talking about when she's coming back to Doctor Who and all she said was, um, I think that's all up in the air at the moment. I know that I'm gonna be coming back, but I'm not sure when. So I can only assume from that that, that Amy and Rory won't be in the Christmas special. No. I think that's been said, hasn't it? I'm not I'm not entirely sure sh- I I must admit I don't remember reading anything about that, but I think a lot of the the, the production photographs so far would, would Seem to suggest that is the case. Yeah. Hmm. Don't know. Yeah. Don't know. But uh, so there you go. Um, now, well, the fact is, she's actually been in this play. She started in this play at about the same time as they were still filming the Christmas special. So I think that made it difficult. And Arthur Darville's been in a play, hasn't he? That's right. Uh, yeah. Roughly about during the time when they was filming as well, which I think would have made it difficult for them to have appeared. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, it could be, um, you know, I think it might, it might be sort of wishful thinking on our part, or maybe just a little bit of a subterfuge again. Um, yeah, I, I, you never know of any of the no, interviews you get, do you? That's it. Um, but I don't think, in, I think in this day and age, I don't think they would actually kill off a companion now. I mean, considering they've only done it a couple of times in, in the history of Doctor Who, yeah. Um, I mean, one was the... I know whether you would call this particular character a companion, but because you travel in the TARDIS, um, everyone says, you know, it's a... It's a companion. That was the, uh, the um, Sarah Kingdom character was killed off. And then, of course, you got Adric. Yeah. As well. Um, Which some people would just say it was a mercy kill. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I don't know. He wasn't that bad... I mean, when, when I was sort of growing up watching Adric on, when, he, when he's turning Doctor, he wasn't. You don't think about those things at that time, do you? No. But uh, that's, that's a conversation for another day anyway. Yes. So, uh, but anyway, um, that that was the news, really. Um, but before we sort of wrap this this section up, we, we actually had we got some feedback, didn't we? Oh, yes. Yes, we had some feedback. Um after our uh, impassioned plea for someone, please, please, please get in touch with us. Uh, we had an email from uh, a gentleman called Ian Kirk, 
Hello Ian, thank you for writing into us. Um, and basically his message is as follows. Now he's referring back to last week's podcast where we talked about flesh and stone. Um, and he's sort of picked up on, on our um, our sort of suggestions as to why Amy threw herself at the doctor um, at the end of the episode. So basically Ian's email is as follows. Your reasoning about why Amy throws herself at the doctor in flesh and stone is sound. However, I have another explanation. We now know from season six that a powerful group of aliens, the Silence, can compel humans to obey them without remembering why. They want Amy to have a part-time little baby. My theory is that they ordered Amy to try to have the Doctor's baby. They could have, they could probably not state that on a family show. Well, yeah, I don't think they'd be probably right there. Um, now, then he goes on to about the extra scene, which I still haven't watched. Um, he said, if you watch the extra scene, what, what does Amy mean leather bikini? A leather one-piece swimsuit would be Leela, but she says bikini. Um, I think I think it is Leela. I think the, it is Leela. The, the, yeah. the shot before and after is Leela, so. Yeah, it must yeah. mean. I think it must might, might be a, a, sl- a slip of the tongue there, I think, on the uh, on Amy's part. Yeah. Um, but as for... Um, I mean, there's, there's a case of she was only supposed to be watching it on a small screen and it was all supposed to be flashing past very quickly. Yeah, that's it. And it's, it's, it's yeah. not like studying the DVDs for hours, is it? See what Leela's wearing. Not 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 actually no. me. Sorry, no. <laughs> dirty boy. Down, down, get down. Um, now, as for um, your theory, Ian, um, what what do you think to that, Paul? Um, yeah, I suppose so. It's just I don't know. It's... I don't know either. It, it could it could be that the I mean, I don't. We know that the the fact fact on that is if they're that playing it from that long a game you just wonder why they wouldn't just order her to kill him well yeah exactly yeah there is that the needing yeah Yeah, that's it the time lord baby or whatever yeah that's it oh well then there may be something in that who knows who knows who knows but uh, well so thank you for your um, for your email Ian Um, so please please keep me coming that was hopefully that's the first of many um as as we did last week, um, if you can't be bothered to get through to the end of the podcast, um, <laughs> please email us um, at feedback at whose-he.co.uk. Um, and I say we we will read uh, your correspondence out on the show. Um, I no- we could have a competition where people actually write in to say what minute they gave up listening to the podcast. <laughs> We can win it to the person who goes through the longest. <laughs> Actually, I might win that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's definitely going to beat me. <laughs> uh, right, we, well, actually, we, we've got one final piece of... Um, it's not so much news, it's actually an announcement. Um, it, we'd like to offer our congratulations um, to our friend over at the Gallifrey and High Imbeciles podcast... Uh, the Doctor UK. Um, he got married yesterday uh, to his fiancée, Natalie. So, uh, congratulations to the both of you. Yes. Yes. So, so uh, yes, I, I, I think um, Dave Ross UK... Um, yes, he did. He, I don't know if you saw it today. He actually um, tweeted, a photo. tweeted a photo of... Uh, I'm assuming, was, was Dave Ross the best man? I don't know. 
No idea. No. I don't know. I don't know that one. Oh well. Um, but yes, but the, the uh, Doctor Who cover's looking rather, rather dapper. So congratulations once again. So uh, right, I think we're done. Yeah, I think we're done. Okay. Well, that really was the news. Okay, um, it's time to continue with our retrospective of Series 5. And as mentioned at the beginning of the, of the show, we're doing The Vampires of Venice. Um, now, how did you feel about coming back to this one again? I wasn't overly bothered, I've got to be honest, when I, sort of, um, when I popped the DVD in. I have to say, I wasn't overly bothered. It's, it's, I, I quite like it as a story, actually. Yeah, I, I must admit, I... I because it's been a while since I've watched it, and I did enjoy it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, isn't it's not a bad story. It pro- probably suffered the first time round because of following um, Flesh and Stone. Yeah, which had reached probably a peak, and um, nothing was going to come in and do that. No, exactly, exactly. Um, well, not, um, not not until the series finale, anyway. No. Um, but uh, no, I did. I, I did rather, rather enjoy it. Actually, there was sort of quite a few um, nice little things in there to to enjoy. You know, I know that sort of it's a little bit. Um, I suppose the story's a little bit sort of samey, really, isn't it? We, you know, we've seen seen it all before, but it was. I just thought it, it looked really good. Yeah. For a start, yeah, I mean- you know. It, the whole, the whole of you know Croatia doubling for Venice was uh, was sort of rather well done, and some of the interior scenes from Welsh buildings, yeah, well done as well. Yeah, I just I just thought it was, it was um, you know really a, quite a well put together episode. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I don't. Yeah, from that point of view, it's probably just didn't have that sort of. I don't know. Not this. I want to say wow factor, but um, you know that sort of twist or yeah, it did, something it did, that made you think, oh, well, that's clever. Yeah, it didn't pack as much of a punch, did it? No. Um, but having said that, it was a quite enjoyable, reasonably paced episode. Yeah, I mean, it it, it um, must it held my attention. Put it that way. Yeah. Which I which I was surprised about. I said I wasn't really looking forward to to watching it again. Um, but I thought you know the opening was um, was good. You know with the doctor bursting out of the out of the cake. Yeah, I do find that was a bit strange. I don't quite you know what why, why opening scenes didn't you? You did Before really pre credits. Yeah, um, yeah, because obviously you had the um, Guido taking his daughter uh, to was it was it. Madame Calvary, was that a... Yeah. Is that what I pronounced that right? But uh, Was it Madame? Or was it Countess? Oh, I don't know. Contessa? I don't know. Um, I really should have looked that up before, shouldn't I? The fish woman. The, yeah, that's it. That was, it was Rosanna Calvary. That was it. That was the, the uh, Helen McCrory's character. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so you had that, then it went to like Rory Stagnite, and it was a bit... Yeah, it was a bit odd, that, wasn't it? Like the, like you must the, feel like they was all filmed, and then they just decided well, where do we want to put the credits? Because mm. <laughs> you did feel it must. You felt it probably was written to be the credits 
after the at the point where she screams. Yeah, because the, the one thing I notice is when um, Matt Smith says about oh, and your your fiance tried to kiss me, and actually you're a lucky man. She's actually a very good kisser, and yeah. said I, you know, sometimes things sound better in your head than they do aloud. And then he was sort of, and it's, that's what seemed weird because he said that line, and he sort of the doctor sort of sort of fumbled as to what to say next, and then it went to the opening credits. You almost my thoughts on that was you almost thought they didn't know what the next line there should be. Hmm. So the opening credits sort of acted as a break, so that then the next scene could be on the TARDIS. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was just. It was almost as if like, well, we're not quite sure what actually would be the react, what would be said here, or what the action would be. How would we get out of this scene? Yeah. So the easiest way to get out of that scene is put the credits in. <laughs> You're probably right. Actually, you're probably and right. It's a good line. It's a good line and a good joke and all that leading up for that scene. Yeah, it's just yeah. You just felt that that should have been the other side. The credit should have come at the end of the screen as a scream as a normal. I mean, if they're going to cut yeah. to different scenes, I mean, would it have hurt them to have cut to the girl in the bikini outside? <laughs> I mean, really, would it have would it have broken the the, the budget to have done that? I mean, come on. Well, whatever happened to <laughs> what was it used to say in the seventies? And now something for the dads. <laughs> <laughs> he was desperately watching that scene to see if there was a view out the window, weren't you? Oh, I was. <laughs> Just a little deleted scene, anything, you know. On oh, the DVD extras. Maybe when it comes out on Blu-ray, it will be there. Who knows? It's out on Blu-ray. What I'm sad to say it's not there. Oh, fucker. Never mind. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, so enough in, in, in of that. <laughs> and where was you talking about me and my mind earlier on? <laughs> uh, nothing wrong with it. That's all I'm saying. Nothing wrong with it. Obviously. Obviously. Um, yeah, so, so obviously you, you get into the um, sort of aliens disguise themselves as humans um, trope again. And... Again, it fell back on on the which perception. on the perception feel. Yeah, it does seem to be. That's probably the the thing, isn't it? That's the. I was, I was when I was watching this, I was thinking, how long into the review is film going to go? <laughs> 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 yeah, it didn't take me long, did it? <laughs> and also, actually, that is my prob. That is that is probably my only problem with this episode. Actually. Yeah, because um... I couldn't quite work out if she's just got this. If the perception filter just puts makes affects what people see, mm. why does she seem in pain when it's not working properly? It's not her actually changing, is it? It's not as if it's she's it's conforming her size or anything. No, the, just, was... just what people. She's only changing what people see, so she shouldn't be in any sort of pain as it goes between the two because it's us that it'd be the person viewing her that would well I don't, I don't know if she was in, in, in pain or she was just getting angry at the fact that it, the, the disguise had slipped because she did sort of scream and it's like a tantrum when you when it happens again because after Amy kicked it it was on the obviously it was on the blink um, yeah but that that now we're being picky because that the bit at the end where, where perception filter finally packs up if the filter had packed up, why was she trapped in human form? Yeah, that's just what I'm saying. It shouldn't be. It's not holding her in that. No. Show. Yeah. Exactly. Why? It, yeah. It, why didn't it go back to her her original? Yeah. 
or well, not her original, what she really is. Or even if it even if it was stuck as on, and how that's how people saw her, mm. then it's well. Still won't be a reason to kill yourself, would it? Really? <laughs> no, but not only that. It's just the, the fact of when she t- she actually physically seems to take it off. Why is it still working? Well, that that's that's. I was just about to come to that because I thought, well, if it's if it's as I say, if you're that worried about it being broken, being stuck in human form, just then just toss it to one side. Yeah, she does. And she stuck it, yeah, after it had packed up. Yeah. By which there were no lights on it anymore. The, the damn thing was broken. It wasn't as if it was stuck in the on position. No. But either way, as you say, either way, just it, re- it, remove it from your person and surely you go back to your how you should be, how you should look. Yeah. Oh dear, we are getting very... See, I didn't want to be picky about this one. It didn't take us... <laughs> Again, but like I say, that is, that's the only actual thing that I... That actually made me sit there and think, mm, not sure about that. Not sure, yeah. Yeah, so. um, But, no, I really liked it, actually. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, so no, I really liked no, it. I didn't really, I liked it. No, I liked it, yeah, same here. It was, um, it was just, in, it was a, a fun way to pass an afternoon, really. Yeah. You know, or, or waste 50 minutes of an afternoon, rather. It didn't take, you know... All day to watch it, obviously, but uh, yeah, it was good. You know, I was, I was quite, I was quite pleasantly surprised when I sort of re- revisited it after all this time. Yes, because I wasn't really looking forward to it last week, was you? No, I wasn't. I was, oh, as you said, after um, Time of Angels and Flesh and Stone, it, it was a bit of a come down. Yeah, but then you probably wanted something that was just. Uh... It was light and fluffy, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's the uh, yeah, probably quite a good way to describe it. It's light, light and fluffy, um, and some good lines in it, like yeah, on in the cellar bit, and he sees the women for the first time and can't see them in the yeah. Actually, that they, funnily enough, they did actually pack in quite a bit of um, sort of vampire folklore into the yeah. story. Um, I mean, again, the whole thing with the you know the daylight. Um, or actually done at bright sunlight, um, which is what sort of Bram Stoker wrote. I mean, vampires could quite easily move around in daylight, but not bright sunlight. Um, the whole thing with um, sort of like the, the sort of the brides floating outside the window. I can't quite figure out how fish people did that, float around outside the window. But maybe that again, that's the perception field. So maybe they're just actually clinging to the wall. Or I don't, yeah, I don't, don't know. know. Or perhaps they can, they can to a certain extent in in air on oh. Earth. There's enough moisture in the air. God knows, God knows. <laughs> um, uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? It's similar to the sharks in the Christmas one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, could have been, could have been. Um, but the the other thing as well was the um, the whole thing about re- replacing. Human blood with the the fish people blood again. That that is straight from um, Bram Stoker's Dracula as well, because um, just because the vampire would come and feed on you every night didn't ultimately turn you into a vampire. You had to drink the blood of a vampire mm. to become one. So, um, so so what you're saying is the fact is when you take on the blood of something else, you become that. Basically, that's what they're that's what they're saying in this. Mm. Um. Can we go back to Torchwood? 
<laughs> oh, bugger off. <laughs> That's always meant to be... Um, nah, sod off. <laughs> I refuse to be drawn into that argument. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that I remember someone saying, That's a stupid idea, I can't. <laughs> well, it was. Because they did it in five... I was going to swear then. Because <laughs> <laughs> they did it in five minutes, according to Torchwood. They, oh, in this, they did it in stages. Because if you go back to Guido's daughter, she still could remember who her father was. Because she helped them out at the end. Yeah. Um, so obviously her transformation wasn't complete. Um, but... <laughs> I don't want you to try and explain. <laughs> no, I feel I had to defend myself after you, after you dragged up, the, the, you know that that's a waste of my life that was talked with Miracle Day. I was having quite a nice evening until you dragged up those bitter, bitter memories. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, we'll probably just anyone who writes in there goes, "Oh, you didn't like Torchwood." <laughs> Well, I, don't, I, think, I think they've only just realised that they haven't been. Yeah, I, 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 I think I was in a bit of a minority when it comes to totally disliking Torchwood Miracle Day. But uh, hey, let's not go there at the moment. <laughs> no, I, 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 it was just the thought that came into my head when I was watching it. Actually, was was um, I wonder, I wonder if that was where they got the idea from. Could be, could be. Um, but again, there's that, there's, I mean, let's, let's talk about the, these. <laughs> never, never mind these uh, um, so-called plot holes that you you think you've brought up. I'm just trying to dig myself out of a massive hole. That's... <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'm passing you rope, but you seem to want to put it round your neck. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what, what the next bit I was going to come on to was um, uh, the, the, a nice little call back to, to previous doctors, which they, they've continued with, um, in, especially in Series 6, was the um, the Doctor's Library card, which had William Hartnell yeah. on it as well. Um, which I must admit, I've forgotten all about that bit. Yeah, I had as well, actually, until I saw it. Yeah, I'd completely forgotten about the library card. Um, but I thought that was... That was uh, Again, I, I, I'm liking these little nods to the past that they they started in yeah. series five. Um, not, not not actually. Yeah, and it's not to like there. you either know them or you don't. And yeah, that's it. Um, exactly. And it's not to because um, I think with an RTD's era, it was it was more often than not nods to previous uh, villains, yeah, rather than previous doctors. And they, and this since Moffat took over, it seems to be more towards the Doctor's personal past. Yeah, which you could understand actually would be still part of something that you'd have mm. and carry around with him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, so I'm still, I'm still liking all that stuff that they're. Uh, they're... Which may now be the time to mention if you've actually got the DVD mm. and you want to, you watch it with the commentary. Yeah, uh, Alex Price, I'm not quite sure about on that, so people might want to watch that just for his contribution to commentary, which uh. Makes yeah. me feel better about my contributions to commentary. <laughs> yes, we we were discussing this uh, before the point, show. Was that supposed to be somebody? Oh dear! 
So he wasn't paying attention then? Is, is that what you're saying? No, I, think, I just don't think he knew who it was. No, no, I mean paying attention when he was on set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, but, dear. Um, yes. And yes. there's other bits in it, particularly the first 10 minutes of it is quite funny from a point of view. Uh, watching somebody who okay. obviously hasn't, doesn't seem to quite have the... He's eyeing, shall we say. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, as, as I say, yet again, I haven't listened to the audio commentary for, uh, for for this one. Not not that I thought there'd be much to bring to it, really. Well, as I say, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be an episode. I think I must listen to the audio commentary on that one. But, but by the sounds of what you're saying, there is a reason to. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. I think so. Okay, okay. Um, now, the other thing, obviously, this was um, Rory's first um, sort of real adventure in the TARDIS. Yeah. It's actually start to realise how little he was in the first in Series 5. I tend to have thought of think of him as being there, but we'd like to say this is his first appearance. Yeah. And he's only got um, another three to go. Three before... to go, yeah, before he's, uh, before he's gone again. Yeah. Well, te- temporarily, anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah. the last episode. Yeah. Um, now I thought Alpha Dava was was really was really good. This I, I like the um, the bit in the in the in the Tardis when he's yeah. he's just been read he's been reading up on this kind of stuff and it, it didn't it didn't phase him. The Doctor looked really really put out, didn't he? The fact that he didn't say, but it's bigger on the inside. Yeah. But he still came down to smirk at the <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. He was uh now you can see that it I I had actually forgotten um that sort of where it sort of began with, with Rory right there, um not being afraid to tell the doctor that, you know, um you're a dangerous person. Yeah. You get people to do any to, to follow you so much they do anything for you. It was all to, to do anything impress to impress you. you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that was a really good a really good scene. Yeah. So it's not actually as you tend to think of it now as it's something that's developed as he's travelled. Mm. It's not. He had that view almost from day one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think he was, and it's straight away he could tell of the. Sort of like the the relationship hit that Amy and the Doctor had built up, and straight away from there he was. And even I think the Doctor didn't help himself by saying, "Oh, your fiance tried to kiss me." Yeah. Um. Obviously, didn't help matters for him. Um. But uh, yeah, I thought it, it was it was really really good. Actually, I've forgotten how much of a um an impact he sort of made when he yeah. came back in. And of course, you got your sword fight as well. Yeah, or brute fight. Yeah, that was that was a fight. little bit silly, but to a certain extent, you could see he was then trying to impress her, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, yeah. This was his um, his big moment. Um, yeah, and, and it worked, didn't it, for him? If, if we're to a certain extent, yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, um, but yeah, I thought I just thought he was. Um, it was it was a nice way to. Sort of bring him in really because he wasn't he wasn't coming in as a, like a wide-eyed traveller no he'd already came in with a with a preconception about the doctor and, and wasn't yeah. and wasn't you know un, unafraid to make make his feelings known no yeah 
wasn't blown away to the extent. Sorry, I said that Rob wasn't afraid to make his. It wasn't unafraid. That's that's complete. Yeah. Rob wasn't afraid to make his feelings known. Sorry. Um, yeah, wasn't totally blown away. Yeah, as Amy was. Yeah. To keep the dynamic between them two of her being the wide-eyed follower. Yeah. Him being the slightly cynical, following her almost. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because he was—he certainly wasn't following the doctor, was he? No, not by a long shot. But yeah, I did—I did like it. It was, um, and again, it was—I mean, a lot of the jokes were um, at Rory's expense, like with the psychic paper. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, when he said he—he he, he looked at, it, he says, hey, "I'm your eunuch." You know, I thought well, that was, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was a little bit. Uh, straight away, he was—he was sort of thinking, you know, I'm—I'm I'm bottom of the pile here. Um, and all the thing about the the whole fiance thing when when they're pretending to to get Amy into the into the uh, Calvieri school, yeah. You know, know. yeah. You know, why, why why have I got to be your brother? Why can't yeah, I? Yeah, it's him. It's all right to be fiance. Yeah. Why aren't they going to believe that? Yeah, exactly. I think Grigo goes. I thought you were. I thought you two were. <laughs> yeah. and he goes, That's not helping. <laughs> Actually, I actually quite like the Guido character. Yeah, actually, I know he didn't. Um, he didn't sort of uh, do much. I just like the fact he just wanted to blow everything up. <laughs> yeah, suddenly took it upon himself that yeah he had the solution. And I think, oh, and also because um, obviously he, he held off before he did blow everything up with his uh, cry of "We are Venetians." Yeah, which which seems to be a rip off from. Um, 300, if, I don't know if you've ever seen 300. No. Probably not. Well, basically, the, the lead character, he shouts out, this is Sparta, in, in the same sort of sort of style, as he shouts out, we are Venetian. So I think they were, they were probably channeling 300 in that scene. Um, but, um, yeah, I just, he was got that ultraviolet lamp. Um, are, we, are we sort of now to um, assume that the Doctor's pockets uh, uh, contains another dimension? As yeah. well, because that was a bloody big lamp he pulled out of his inside pocket there, wasn't it? And purely just you feel for the joke of Rory saying, just as well I've got this, and pulls out that little pen light. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the dog's, yes, I've got a bigger one than you. Yeah, it's making you feel inadequate. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, as I say, there was lots of nice little, nice little moments, I thought, throughout, throughout the whole episode. Um... As I say, I, I don't really get the whole. Um, as we've already talked about, the, the perception filter, and that does, does seem to be a bit of a plot hole. Yeah, really. Um, I mean, I get the thing that they can see the teeth because when they come to attack, because it's just that bit more when the, the actual brain kicks in that there is actual danger here. Yeah, and it's that bit that's just trying to kick in to tell a person to run. Yeah, I mean, I, that made sense in a way. Yeah, it did actually. Um, well, but it just yeah. really was with the the forty perception. Um, yeah, the forty perception field. Not yeah. really. Didn't seem to make sense to me. But no, no, there was. Um, I don't know. They, they always seem to do things like this in Doctor Who, don't they? They sort of introduce these things and explain how they work, and then conveniently forget about all that at the end. Yeah, just to get them out of a. You know, or, or not to get out of a tight spot, but just to just to end the story. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, it just seemed a little bit, bit, bit of a disappointment, actually, that, that bit with the perception filter. Um, but actually, another thing I did think was um, a little bit, oh, we've, we've seen this before, that, you know, when the Doctor's climbing up the tower, that just reminded me of uh, the end of The Idiot's Lantern. Yeah, but what I think you... it was actually done better in Idiot's Lantern. I, I think you're right, actually, I'm sorry to say. Um, that was... Don't know. It just did look like somebody pretending to climb up. A... Yeah, the blue screen or green screen, whatever they were using, it, it didn't quite come off that well, did it? No, it needed to be a bit further away. Hmm. For that sort of. From certain angles, it worked. When you had that that side-on sort of yeah. like, like profile shot, of the doctor crawling up the up the steeple. Um, yeah. It did look like he was in front of a green screen. Yeah. I've actually, you actually see some of the. Um... Buster Keaton and all that sort of stuff where they actually did it better than that. Just using effect, just using flat land and turning the camera, didn't they? Yeah, they did, yeah. Rather than actually even doing the green screen sort of thing. Yeah, it was... Um, yeah, just, there's, there's, yeah. There's, yeah, that's right. There's a lot you can achieve just with a camera angle rather than just relying on CGI and green screens all the time. But like you know, doing it sometimes doing an in-camera effect is a lot is a lot more. Yeah, you know the results are a lot better. Yeah, I think it was just probably too much of a close-up on him. Yeah. So you didn't actually get this sort of full picture, full feeling of him doing it. You just feel like he was just on a on a stage somewhere. Yeah, yeah, he didn't quite come off that bit. Going did up it? two foot, no. sort of thing. No, it was. Oh, it's a shame, really. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to let special effects, you know, detract away from the from the story at all, um, because you, I don't think you should ever let special effects do that unless they're that bad. Hmm. Um, no, especially because everything else had been good. Yeah. You know, when you had the cut of the actual person on the tower, and then you get the cut to him, it just didn't work. I don't think. No, it didn't. It didn't. No. Absolutely right. It was, uh, yeah, it was, um, as I say, that was the only sort of bit that let it down. But it's also, again, that, that sort of very easy resolution as well. It was just a flick of a switch and that was it. Yeah. You know, I just thought that was a little, okay, okay. Um, but I try to remember another ep- uh, story was resolved in more or less the same way. There was a, actually, one of the things. I think Toe Witt has said at the time was the fact that actually they're supposed to be a bit more on that, actually playing up the fact that he just flicked the switch and turned it off. All right, okay. It was supposed to be, you know, him, Amy saying, you just turned it off. And, he goes, and he's, you know, defending himself and saying, no, no, I was, I was rather wonderful and all this. Yeah. But it was supposed to be actually, that's why it was supposed to be so simple, was the fact that there was actually going to be another a, a scene afterwards. Ah, right. Which didn't make it. Ah, now hang on, hang on. I think I've so I'll, I'll just try to remind me myself. Um, someone did a. So I was looking up some stuff about on the Vampires of Venice um, before I uh, before I watched it today. And actually, they've come up with some similarities between that and School Reunion. Right. Which was also written by Toby Whithouse. Funnily right. enough. Um, so it says the um, 
So the, you got the. We already discussed the the, the pre titles. Yeah, you basically had like two sequence, two pre title sequences, didn't we? Yeah. Um, basically, that happens in school reunion as well. Um, the companion's boyfriend joins in for the adventure afterwards and becomes part of the TARDIS crew. So you've got Rory's joined joined the TARDIS, and you had Mickey join the TARDIS at the end of school reunion. Um, yeah. What else it say? Um, both the alien species can transform into humans. Yeah, yeah. Um, the leaders of the alien races both propose an alliance with the Doctor. Yeah, yeah. Take that one. Um, well, I think she was offering him more than more than uh, an alliance. Yeah, if it was sort of, yeah. yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, it says a, a, a character. Dispos- I think he was just offering him coffee, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Here? Um, a character disposes of the aliens by causing an explosion. Well, that's what K nine did. Yeah. Um, and it, and the final thing it says here: um, the plan is um, thwarted by the flick of a switch, uh, which is basically what Mickey does when he when he just pulls the plug out on the on that network that the, all the kids were hooked into. Yeah, and I suppose it was actually, if you take it that, it was then people thinking they was going to a school. Yeah. Uh, being the ones that was doing the work. Yeah, see it. Yeah, so there, there were quite a few similarities there. Um, but you might get that with writers, though, won't you? And you might, it may well be that he was asked to write this one because of that. That was I, the sort of story they wanted, so he turned to him to, yeah, it could be. to write it. That tends to happen with these sort of things, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not sort of picking holes in it for you know for that reason. Um, it just, it, it was just quite interesting to that someone actually sat down and gone through all the, um, all the similarities between the two scripts. Yeah, and it's it's more or less sort of uh, plays out identical. Um, but as I say, um, I'm quite sure that was that was unintentional. Yeah, I can't say actually that I sat there and felt that was. No, it, it was. It didn't. I didn't come to mind at any point when I was watching it. No, so. no, I must be honest. Um, but no, there's just a couple of things. It was. It was that bit at the end when he was walking up, um, walking up the, the tower. I just thought, well, that just reminds me of um, Idiot's Lantern. Yeah. Um, yeah, it did me as well. But actually, my yeah. thoughts on that was. But that, that's what was how bad it was. Was then actually thinking to myself, they did that better on Idiot's Lantern. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what prompted me to start looking around, and that's why I come across yeah. this bit, and it with yeah. the, 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 the similarities between this and School Reunion. Yeah, and I'd forgotten that time what else actually written that as well. So it was uh, no. Nah, as I say, I'm not I'm not letting that um, detract from my from my enjoyment of the episode. No, still still sort of uh, I'm still I'm still pleasantly surprised. Put it that way, you know, after a few hours after watching it. I'm still quite uh, sort of quite pleased. I've watched it now, actually, because I was, as I said last week, I wasn't looking forward to this one at all. No, it, it was just it sort of had a nothing episode to me before. Mm. Um, well, it still is. It's yeah. It's still it's... not yeah. It's still not one of those episodes that if you were sitting there and thinking, God, I could watch some Doctor Who now. I'll put yeah. that on. Yeah, that's it. But 
certainly wouldn't be upset if I was somewhere and it was on and it was and I you know ended up watching it again. Oh yeah, I wouldn't. Um, I don't think turn it off if it was on. No, the set and I think the other thing that surprised me was I wasn't um, doing other things whilst it was on. No, because sometimes what I put on, when we when we're do, we've been doing this, there's an episode I'm not particularly no bothered about watching. Um, you watch the other side. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, finished it. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, no, so I'll, I'll sort of be surfing the net or doing something on my phone, you know, something like that. But I wasn't doing that throughout this episode, which means it must have been a lot. It proved to me that it must have been a lot better than I thought it was. Yeah. So yeah, very very. Uh, still quite uh, quite pleased to watch that one. So. But uh, I thought I was just got to think of something else then, but then it's, it's um, so, ah yeah, that was it. The ending as well with the, uh, the 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 silence. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm sort of assuming that's more to do with the the um, the universe being snuffed out because of the you know the cracks in time and everything. Yeah. Um. But it does seem to directly reflect the thing about, oh, it's the silence. And it, it was quite literal at that point, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the, the whole thing about them, it still seems to be, is it them as a species or is it, or is it, or is it silence well, it, it, as there's, such? Well, there's, as there's, in no sound? Well, there's, there's three things now, isn't it? Because you've got the, um, the, the religious order. Yeah. You've got this species, which is referred to as the silence. Yeah. And as you say, and the silence in its in its literal meaning. Yeah. Um, and I must have. I, I sort of. I'm now a little bit. Well, what at that particular point had they quite made their mind up about what the silence was? Yeah. You know, was it literally the end of everything? That that was the silence, or or did they sort of think, well, no, we changed them. Are we going to have this? Religious order, or yeah. po- or possibly a species called the silence. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. At this stage, you're still actually thinking. You're not thinking along the lines of it being a physical form, are you? Mm, no, that's right. That did only seem. To, was it that really only come round with the the impossible astronaut? Sorry, say again. Sorry. Did did the actual physical form of actually it being. Something mm. as opposed to the literal meaning of silence was that really just the impossible astronaut? Was, was there any previous or well, previous sightings of them? Yeah, uh, I don't think so. But then again, is this, is this the the thing that Stephen Moffat said? Everything um, so that, that, that what culminated in in. The last episode of, of series six, um, it it was all there in, in plain sight, basically in the eleventh hour. So was there a silence lurking about that we didn't see, uh, or was it more of a line or something? I because I, I I haven't watched the eleventh hour after 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 he made that statement. Yeah, I can't think there was particularly anything. So I'm sure it was only mentioned by Prisoner Zero right at the end, mm. wasn't it? When he's almost taunting him. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not. I really am not. Sure. I'm gonna have to watch it now because that was um, mm. something I've been meaning to do, just to see what this, you know, what what this was at the beginning that was all there to say, you know, well, it was all there from yeah. the, the, you know, the first Matt Smith's first episode. I suppose actually, from that point of view, it was a taunt to him. So it wasn't just that this is something that's going to happen to the to well, everybody. It was particularly. Well, I think it was something at him. Yeah, well, I think it was something a little bit more um, direct. Well, that not actually direct, but something that people had missed. I think what yeah. was the um, was his quote? Is it something that was there, but everyone's missed it? Um, when we turned away from the TV, we couldn't remember. We couldn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't know. It was, it was, um... I'm quite sure, though, if there was a silence lurking in the background, somebody in the World Wide Web would have picked it up by now. Yeah. Because, you know, as we know, there are some dedicated fans out there who will look at it, you know, frame by frame. Frame, yeah. And so, not just when there's the pretty assistant on. <laughs> no, no, indeed, no. <laughs> yeah, so that was. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to have to look into that now. I think I'm not doing it frame by frame. I was gonna but... say, please don't. No, I'm not. I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> Life is far too short to be doing that. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> Once we've got to that stage, I think we're um, have gone too far. Yeah, I think it's time to stop. Don't you when you start doing that? <laughs> I'll do it full time. Which one of the two? <laughs> which one of the two? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't really think you can have a life otherwise. <laughs> now there was someone else I um, I recognised um, in the beginning, and it was the and I had to look this up on um, IMDb. And there's another little um, who connection here. Um, you know the inspector at the beginning who wouldn't let them into the into Venice yep. until he, he flashed. And I thought I'd, I'd seen you somewhere before. Um, and again, from my childhood, as a, as a much younger man, and he was Mr. Mitchell in Grange Hill in like the first series of Grange Hill back in the 70s. Mm, no, Do you remember? Doesn't go, no, doesn't, 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 go doesn't go there. Well, um, yeah, I just thought I just sort of recognised him. Now, according to IMDb, now again, I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently he's the partner of Janet Fielding. Oh, right. Yeah. How true that is, I I don't know. So if anyone can confirm or deny that, email us at feedback at who's-he.co.uk. I suspect he and Janet Fielding can. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're... Well, they're, they're, they're frequent... interesting if one of them confirms and one of them denies <laughs> they are, they are yeah <laughs> it'll be interesting to see which does which there <laughs> yeah so there we go that was just a little bit of uh, tri- I just thought yeah I've, I've just recognised the actor and um, so the actor Michael Percival who played Mr. Mitchell in uh, in Grange Hill the the earlier episodes of Grain Chill, when like, you know, in the in the days of Tucker Jenkins and uh, Benny yeah. and Alan and play, you know, all those characters. Oh dear. Well, um, I think we've exhausted this one, don't you? I think so. I think we've exhausted this one. Um, now, obviously, next week um, we're moving on with if, with into further into series five, and it's one I'm looking forward to, which is um, Amy's Choice. I really yep. am looking forward to that one. 
Um, I just thought that there's some really, really good stuff in that, so I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that. I don't know why I just don't watch these ones whenever I like, really. I don't know why I'm saving it just just to, for, for the purposes of uh, reviewing it for the podcast. I should just watch them anyway. So you can justify giving <laughs> sitting down for an hour. Well, I, I did that with uh, last couple of nights with the Web Planet, who I will maintain the whole production crew must have been on something when they made that one. Have you seen it recently? No, but I was actually going to. Yeah, it's like an acid trip. It's just <laughs> right. I mean, oh, well, some will do then. Yeah, yeah I, I must. It's, just, have... it's six parts, isn't it? So it I'm is sort... six parts. Yeah. Um, but Again, uh, it's probably I... waiting till yeah. till I'm. I've got some time. I've just spent all my time off just watching Doctor, Doctor Who. Who I know. Right? Oh, um, I think all I can say about it, it's. I think it's definitely one we'll do an audio commentary on one day. Yeah, definitely. It's certainly got potential for that. Um, when we'll get round to it, who knows? But um, you, all I can say, you've you've got to admire their ambition, right? That's all I can say. You've got to admire their ambition. It was certainly a very very ambitious um, story. I think these were from the days when they did actually have these high ideals of what they was going to do, wasn't it? And they just went and did it, didn't they? It yeah. didn't matter what they did; the best they could with it and. I know time was tight and they couldn't really re- sort of reject too many scripts, could they? They could say, well, this is what you're doing, get on with it. Whereas now there'd be a big thing, people would write, the writer would do something, then it would come back and it would be, well, actually, we haven't got the budget to do this, so can you change that? Yeah, well, so we'll put that one this back. This would be and, cheaper. And... Yeah, that's it. Yeah, or, they, or, oh, in, or, or in Neil Gaiman's case, they just dropped the entire episode. Yeah. Until they could afford to, get, to do it justice, really. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, ah, yes. Or Vincent and the Doctor, they make the alien invisible. Yes. Yeah, that's cheap. money. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, whereas in them days, they just thought, oh, God, we'll just do it as best we can. Yeah. Um, no one seemed to say, say, actually, this is going to be a bit hard to film. No, they just... It was, it was well, have a go. <laughs> oh, it's British ingenuity, that's all it was. Simpler times. It was simpler times, yeah. Um, yeah. To a certain extent, I think you actually got some better stories because there wasn't the compromise. <laughs> there wasn't the compromise in the story. There was just the compromise on the visuals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Whereas now you feel it's the story that gets compromised for the visuals. The, yeah, yeah, it has sort of. Um, well, I, I don't know if um, audience attitudes, audience tastes have changed to. To, to that degree or not really um i think i think from a children's point of view they like all the how can i put it you know the, the flashbang wallop stuff mm. well i think there's like the older fans like ourselves like I don't, prefer I, don't to... I think that's i think that's very gen- generalization therefore I'm not, I'm not no happy. i don't know if you think... I, I think children's imagination in terms of actually you can produce a story and they can fill in the blanks themselves um, and reimagine. I, I don't know because the TV audiences these. I know we, we've had this conversation, but I, th- I think TV audiences to to a certain degree are, are just spoon fed. Yeah, and, and, not, and but but, but, I, that, but I, they. I, come... I don't think I don't think kids. I don't think the younger kids are that bad. I think it's when you get to, over the age of thirteen. I think that people tend to be. Um, Less. I mean, all all the arguments about it being complicated and whatever the last series mm. 
did seem to be coming from adults rather than children. Oh, it was. Oh, it was. So I um, think children are quite happy. The more, if you can, if you comment, yeah, but they're, I, they're not that. But I don't think they're overly that bothered about the visuals. Actually, I think they're more interested in the story. Well, if you think back to when you were a kid, yeah, it's the visuals that stick in your mind. It's not the story. When I when I wasn't, con- I just wanted, um, you know. I wanted the man in the rubber suit to turn up. You know. That... <laughs> and so and so has plotted your whole life. No. <laughs> Do you know what? As soon as I said that, I was waiting for the piffy your piffy comeback. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just not, not the statement you hear every day. <laughs> it's not, no. I was waiting for the man in the rubber suit. No, um, no, it was. You wait if you wait for the Daleks or the or the, what, the, the monster of the week, and yeah. you know. But they're the things that stay in your mind, and and I, I think to a certain degree, you're probably the same with with kids now um, of that age, you know, preteen. You know, it's it's the visuals stay in your mind more more than the story. Yeah, but to a certain extent, you just wanted something that was going to make you jump, or yeah, sit. It. it didn't actually have to be that fantastic. Actually, I think I think I'm probably sort of put the wrong emphasis on story. I think I'm probably should put the emphasis more on dialogue. Yeah. Than anything else. Yeah. I think I think I was probably coming from from the wrong angle there. I should I don't think I should have said story. I think I should have said you know it's they don't concentrate on the dialogue to the extent that like, the older fans do. Because no. now, because now we've got it all got on on, on DVD and uh, the old stuff that we watched when we were kids, we're now dissecting it. Yeah, aren't we? As as, as, as we have done. Yeah, today's episode. Indeed. So you know, I think that's the I think, I think that's probably more the, the difference. It's it's the 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 visuals are used more now to hook the kids in. Yeah, and the difference between forty five minute episode and six part episode, as we've just said. Yes, it. as well. The dialogue has to be more in those. Yes, it stretch them out. To be honest, yeah. The pace was totally different in them days. Oh, completely. The pace yeah. more than anything else, I think. Well, you have to. I mean, they all seem to follow. A, um, I know it's got nothing to do with this retrospective at all. But now we're talking about like, old, old, <laughs> old Doctor Who again. But um, it struck me when I was watching the Web Planet how, especially in Hartnell's day. Um, actually, no. Actually, I'll, I'll probably go as far as it probably went all the way through, really, um, to a certain extent, right to, up its cancellation. Um, all the stories seem to follow a certain pattern, and we, we, as, I mean, to use the web plan as an example, you always, you always, um, you had Ian. All the companions were split off into their own little groups, as it were. They went yeah. with different factions of, of of characters, and then um, somewhere over their their journey to get to a certain point would bring them all back together again in the final episode. Yeah. Um, or one of the characters, or one of the companions, would, would go off on an errand with with one of the 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 characters they'd met on this planet, or or whatever. And and it all seemed to follow the similar sort of pattern. You go right Probably back. You exactly go, in the the Hartnell years. Oh, gotcha. because they was all going off on holidays at different times, they, so they only yeah. had certain characters around. 
That's it. For that week's shooting. Yeah. Um, and the same thing happened again in um, Hartnell's era. So I think there was a cup at Hartnell, sorry, Troughton's era. Um, yeah. I think it was more to do with Fraser Hines going on holiday. Yeah. Than Patrick Troughton's one, isn't it? He's not in one of the episodes just because he was on holiday. Holiday, yeah. Um, filmed. Then obviously you've got the mine robber where he was, where he was sick. So they got a, a different actor to play him. But again, that was actually quite well done. The, the get-out to explain that was rather well done. Um, it was quite ingenious for its time. But uh, anyway, that, this, this, is, this, this has got no, there's nothing to do with Series 5. What are we talking no, about? No. By the time we get... We, we, yes, in about, what, four years, do we think we're being <laughs> at the retrospective? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and now we're going to review the Web Planet. Yes. No, I don't think uh, we'll ever review them. <laughs> audio commentaries. I think the older ones are safe audio commentaries. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> We've got no idea. What, what... At what point we, and more importantly, the people who listen. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. That, no, wait. How in, <laughs> the people who listen, and more importantly, we. <laughs> with this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, don't you think we bore the listeners enough for one week? Yes. Yes, I think so. Yes, I, I, I think uh, probably probably forty minutes would be the the, the winning time. For... Oh, I, I think so. <laughs> At I bailed out of the podcast. <laughs> well, there we go. Let's 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 call it a day now before the final listener switches off before we get the chance to say goodbye. So um, we'll be back next week with. Amy's choice, um, and then oh, I think it's also going to be a um, well, weekend after that. It will be we're back to audio commentary time, aren't we? That is the plan. That's the plan. Yes. So you got um, we got one more week of uh, retrospective before our next audio commentary. Then so um, that's actually that's actually worked out quite well because we haven't had to, the two part coming up, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. It will be. Uh, we'll, we'll 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 announce more on that um, next yeah. week. Yes. No, I was actually thinking more of after Amy's choice. There was a two-parter. Oh yes, it? there is In series um, five. So, fortunately, our co- we haven't had to mess around. Our commentary is actually timed more by luck than judgment. Oh yes, yes, not in the middle of the two-parter. Well, I, I, what I was going to say about because you mentioned two-parter um, that that also comes into play with the commentary as well, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. So we shall um, we shall um, we shall reveal all next week. Um, but anyway, I've got to go now because the man in a rubber suit waiting for me. <laughs> I was going to say, so, it's going to be hot. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. But there again, that's how he was ordered. So. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, the, the gimp needs me. So, for for this week, it is goodbye from me, Phil. <laughs> and, and if I can pull myself together now, it's goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. feedback about the Who's He podcast or about Doctor Who in general, please visit our website which is www.whos-he.co.uk or you can follow us on Twitter by searching username who's underscore he underscore podcast. <laughs>